Welcome to this episode of Classical Road Trip, presented by WDAV, Classical Public Radio, and powered by Ortho Carolina. From 89.9 WDAV and WDAV.org, this is Classical Road Trip. Welcome back to Classical Road Trip. I'm Alexander McCall. And I'm Tema Searles. Each episode of our podcast, we make a different stop along our journey to teach you about classical music. This time, we're turning back the clock to a time not too long ago. Today's pit stop is a strange little place. 20th century music might seem like a catch-all term, but before we get started, I need to ask a question for the sake of everyone's safety. Have you ever heard a song so terrible? So weird that you just smashed your iPod? Well, you know, there was this one time. Or maybe you started a riot instead. Well, that's what the Parisian audience at the 1913 premiere of Igor Stravinsky's ballet, The Rite of Spring, did when they heard it. It wasn't a pretty sight. The situation escalated pretty quickly, too. It said the riot began when those who didn't like the piece began to boo, and those who were enjoying it began to argue. But despite the restless and disagreeable audience, the work has become one of the most famous and recognizable pieces of the 20th century. Stravinsky's weirdness has become his claim to fame. Let's give it a spin. Wait, wait, wait. Before we press play, can everyone please agree to remain calm this time? Ah, okay, fine. Right of Spring, Stravinsky experimented with some rather foreign concepts. His goal was to showcase the importance of spring in Russian culture, but his technique of writing in two musical keys at once was not well received. Right of Spring completely changed the face of the ballet. The music, story, and choreography were all different from anything audiences had ever experienced. The influence of Rite of Spring and Igor Stravinsky are still felt in music today, especially in Russian music. While Stravinsky may have had difficult relationships with his audience, Fellow Russian composer Dmitry Shostakovich had difficult relationships with the government. Specifically with the government of the Soviet Union. During Stalin's rule, many were fearful of upsetting any government officials and, uh, disappearing. Though Shostakovich had been widely regarded as an excellent composer by the government, he fell from favor after his composition of Lady Macbeth. Critics were forced by the government to give it unfavorable reviews, and some of Shostakovich's friends even disappeared. He quickly withdrew his fourth symphony. I guess you could say he was Stalin for time. Yikes. But you know what they say, don't get mad, get even, and Shostakovich surely did. But he didn't do it in the way you might expect. Instead of fleeing, he wrote his fifth symphony, which was riddled with criticisms of the Soviet government, especially of Stalin. While it's unclear if government officials really understood Shostakovich's message, it didn't matter. They loved it. 
Before Rite of Spring shook things up or Shostakovich was exacting revenge, the Impressionists were also making notable changes to the music listeners already knew. Composers like Claude Debussy and Maurice Ravel used things like atmosphere or sensuality in their pieces to create something very distinct. Debussy actually rejected the term Impressionist, though. Ravel and Debussy, both French, were friends, and it can be easy to think of them as the Marvin Gaye's of their time. One of the best known and most influential Impressionist works is Debussy's Prelude to the Afternoon of a Fawn. And similar to Debussy's prelude is Ravel's Daphnis at Chloé. Even Stravinsky is quoted complimenting Daphnis at Chloé, calling it one of the most beautiful pieces of French music. Let's hear a bit of it. Impressionists created lush works that really don't fit into any other classical music era, which is why they've received a label all their own. And while the French may have owned Impressionism, across the English Channel a multitude of British composers were making their mark on classical music too. We'll leave you with a piece from the famous Benjamin Britten. Here's his piece, The Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra, which was featured in Wes Anderson's recent film, Moonrise Kingdom. We'll see you next time on Classical Road Trip. Coming up next time on Classical Road Trip, we'll run into the romantics. The composers, that is. In this music-packed episode, we'll meet the renowned Peter Illich Tchaikovsky, Johannes Brahms, and Hector Berlioz, as well as piano legend Franz Liszt. Join us for a fantastique expedition on the next installment of Classical Road Trip. Classical Road Trip is a production of 89.9 WDAV and WDAV.org. Our executive producer is Mylita Melton. Our producers and hosts are Alexander McCall and Timba Searles. Our associate producer is Kaylee Blevins. Tam Ferguson directs digital content and Will Keibel directs marketing. Our general manager is Frank Dominguez. 89.9 WDAV Classical Public Radio is a service of Davidson College.
Thanks for joining us for another episode of Classical Road Trip, presented by WDAV Classical Public Radio and powered by Ortho Carolina. Subscribe to this podcast at wdav.org forward slash subscribe and follow us on Facebook for classical music news, humor, and programming updates. WDAV is a service of Davidson College, supported by listeners like you. You can find us on the radio at 89.9 FM, streaming at WDAV.org, or at our mobile app, available at iTunes and Google Play. Thanks for listening.